Pacific Northwest. Here's my dad to his boyfriend and friend. Hey, you guys. What's going on? It's episode number 201 of the Ron and Don Show. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, we're going to do something a little different today as we say goodbye to 2020 and we all get ready for 2021. I want to take a moment to thank Les Schwab for signing on the Ron and Don podcast for 2021 want to thank you as we approach over a million listens of the Ron and Don show. And last year, uh, thanks to you and thanks to our great mentors at Windermere and our first full year of real estate, uh, we'll close uh, north of 25, close to 30 deals. And we did close to 100 sit downs last year. So when you're ready to sit down with us, all you have to do is go to ronandonsitdown.com. We have some great new playbooks that are out right now, and Ron will send you one. All you have to do is write Ron, Ron at windermere.com. And if you're buying, selling, you got to do your homework. So let us send you a playbook before uh, we sit down. Something we want to do today is I'm just going to sit here, and I have created in my kind of my quiet time this morning, I wrote down six questions uh, that I have for Ron, and I'm just going to sit here and interview him like I used to do on the radio. Uh, and so like, we, am I the first guest of the Ron and Don show this yeah, year? Yeah, there you go. There, there you go. So, and, and I think Ron doesn't know any of the questions that I'm going to ask, uh, and I don't know any of the answers. Uh, so we just kind of wanted to take approach here on episode 201. On 202, he's going to interview me. And then, uh, no softball questions either. Like this interview, (laughs) you're gonna ask the the tough questions. Yeah. And then on the last episode of the year, we're going to put together a a best of for you guys. So, uh, be ready for that. And again, we just so appreciate you and everybody that followed us from Trester radio, uh, and headed on down the road, uh, with us to the podcast. So thanks for doing that. Let's jump in here. This first segment, I'm going to ask you uh, three questions. And just want to get your answers on this. Just about two years ago, it was January 10th, two years ago, uh, we were let go from our terrestrial jobs at the radio station. You had some of the best numbers that you've ever had in radio. Uh, You were making a significant uh, six-figure income. But we always didn't make six-figure incomes. You moved from city to city. Uh, we worked in lots of different markets like Phoenix and Dallas and San Francisco Worked for the Raiders, the Cowboys. And a lot of those jobs, we didn't get paid much. We were just kind of had to go in there and move around and work and kind of pay our dues, which we did. And then we landed at Cairo radio and we did afternoon drive, perform afternoon drive for 13 years. At the end of the day, our contract wasn't renewed. Your contract wasn't renewed. Uh, since then, we've learned it was just a money decision. And so here you are approaching 50 years old. You lose your job. You're trying to rebuild your career in real estate. 
And then a pandemic hits. Over the last two years, as we head towards January 10th, 2021, uh, what's been the hardest part for you? Huh. What's been the hardest part? Um, I think the hardest part for me was not knowing the the not knowing where I was at. And what I mean by that is there's a um and I know you hate it when I do this. There's a concept in poker where you know where you're at. In other words, if if a lot of money is going into the middle, I need to know where I'm at in relation to everybody else. So if if I have pocket aces, let's say then I'm gonna make this simple example and then I'll I'll move on to the actual answer. If I have pocket aces, which is the very best hand, and you put all your money in right at, right out of the gate, well, I know where I'm at. I have the best hand. So there's no amount of money, theoretically, that you can bet that I shouldn't call because I know exactly where I'm at. Um, now, uh, in a reverse role, let's say I have a decent hand, like I have pocket eights, and you put all your money in. Well, I could have the best hand, and I could not. Like, there's a lot of things that beat me, and there's a lot of things that are worse than me. And so that those are two very different scenarios. So when we were had a contract and had good ratings, I kind of knew where we, I thought I knew where we were at. I was like, all right, I have a pretty good hand here. Like from what this company has told us, what they said they value is good ratings uh, and doing good in the community. And so I would look at that and go, well, we do the most amount of community involvement of anyone in this building and we have the best revenue and best ratings of anyone in the building. So I was like, all right. And a lot of times I felt like I had pocket aces. I had a very strong hand, I felt like. And so when that was taken away, I had no idea where I was in, in the grand scheme of things. And then on top of that, you and I had a, a very, we, we, we reacted and responded to, to that situation differently because we're just different human beings. And then I had a, a moment and a realization where I was like, Hey, Don and I have worked together in, in, in one way or another since we were teenagers. And so I said, you know, I'm going to, I want to have a conversation with you that says, Hey, this could be the end of the road. This for in terms of Ron and Don. Um, this we need that needs to be one of the options of saying, is this are you done with this? Like we met each other when you know I went to second grade with your your late sister. You were in fifth grade with my sister. A lot, lot has changed since second grade. And so I wanted to, you know, I, I went out of my way to say, Don, um, if like you don't owe me anything, uh, I know a lot of times you would carry or my perception was you carried a weight that, that wasn't really yours. And so the hardest part for me was going, OK, I have no idea where I am in terms of what what is the strength of my hand right now. And I also want to leave room for saying you don't owe me anything. You're not beholden to me in any way. We've had a great run. And if, it, if the run ends here, then that's it's a success. Uh, that's how I wanted to frame it. If you, and I wanted to give you the the space to say, um, and, and not have it. And I would not have been offended if you said, Hey man, this has been a great run. Uh, we're still solid friends, but in terms of being business partners anymore, uh, I, I don't want to do that. 
And, and I had to, that was the hardest part for me is coming to terms with, all right, what is, what is my life going to look like going forward? And is it going to be in broadcasting? Is it not going to be in broadcasting? Is it going to be partnered with this guy that I've worked with for, for over two decades or not? And so that, that was the way my brain works is I want to know where I'm at. And once I know where I'm at, if, if it doesn't go my way, I at least know that I made a, a, the best decision I could with the information I had. And I realize it's not always going to go my way, but if I don't know where I'm at and then I make a decision that doesn't go my way, I feel I beat myself up. Cause I was like, how did you, you should have, you should have known where you were better before you made that decision. So that was the hardest part for me. Yeah. So a quick follow-up to that. There's a lot of people that are going through exactly what you went through. And they have lost their jobs in this pandemic. Stimulus is running out. Here comes 2021. They look around and they see some of their friends that are doing really well. It really has become the have and have nots. For a lot of people, your backup job is always, well, I used to work in the service industry, so I'll just go back and wait some tables. You can't do that right now, right? Because the service industry is non-existent. What would you say to people? Because we had some very dark moments when this happened. What would you say to people? What would your advice be if they are just entering this storm? Because in some ways... You entered the storm, you went through the eye, and now we're pushing through the other side. At least that's my perception. What would you say to them? Um, the biggest thing I would say is to separate your emotions from the situation. Take your emotions and experience them. Really feel them. If you're terrified, be terrified. Talk to someone about that. Be really scared. Um, if you are angry, be angry. Like really lean into what those emotions are and then, and, and, and punch them out. Like, like rope a dope these emotions, like really wring them out, really simmer in them, really steep yourself like a bag of tea in these emotions and sit there for a minute and feel them, write about them, talk about them, journal about them, scream about them, cry about them, punch the wall if you need to, whatever you need to do. Really feel those and then set them to the side because they are not going to help you. Those emotions are not your friends. They can be a fuel source, mm. but recognize that the different fuels burn differently. Anger burns, but it burns real dirty and real hot. Mm. And so if you want to so sit, take those over to the side. And then the second thing is now that we've done that, so experience those emotions, now it's time for business. And the first thing for me was it's a concept that um, tech people do. Then it's called a minimum viable audience. What is the minimum viable audience for a product? Um, and then you work towards that. So I said, what's the minimum viable life for myself? Uh, and at that time when we got fired, I lived in, a, I had a, a three bedroom house with three and a half bathrooms and a garage. And you remember the house I was living in. One of the rooms was just empty. Because the reason why I bought that house is for resale value in the future. I didn't need this big of a house, but I was like, this is a bread and butter house. So I was like, I don't need to be in this house. Um, 
I don't need to be subscribed to Netflix and Amazon Prime and these magazines and like I had a bunch of subscriptions that I was, uh, you know, cable and internet and my cell phone and all of these things. So I was like, what is my minimum viable size of my life where I feel like I can still function? And so that meant, um, I really considered maybe I turn this leased vehicle that I have, just turn it in and buy a thousand dollar car. Maybe that's what I need to do. Everything was on the table. It's like, okay, I need internet. So I'm going to leave that on the table, but I, I shut off cable. I shut off NFL red zone. I shut off all the subscriptions. I, I pared my life down to what is the minimal viable size of my life. And I said, okay, I'm going to allow myself one, I can go out to eat once a week and I'm going to make that a, a thing. And if I'm going to spend money, it's going to be building relationships with people because I don't know what I'm doing for my job right now. So I allowed myself, if I took you out to coffee, I'm going to pay for the coffee or for lunch, but I'm not just going to like go out to eat. So I, I really pared down my life and then I put, I wrote that down. What is that nut? Like if push comes to shove, what can I survive on? And I realized that it really wasn't that big. I could get my life to a side that wasn't going to be comfortable, uh, but it was going to be doable for a pretty, a pretty manageable number, something that really brought my anxiety level down. So I'm like, okay, like I could, I can do that. Um, like I could go work at, uh, at a big box store and, and cover that nut. So that, that relieves some anxiety for me. And then you, then I started to plan. I met with some experts. I paid money to go to a career coach. I paid money to go to my counselor. Uh, and I met with people that were very, very smart. And I called in some, some, some chits, as they say, to say, Hey, I w- would you meet with me? And then I listened to people. And so that it, it's not easy though. It's, it's not easy at all. Yeah. Here you are, and and not to get too specific about your own business, we 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 started radio. We made thirty five dollars a show, and we went out and actually sold our own show. I went out and sold our show. I went out and got all our sponsors. Initially, um, we both had significant six figure incomes, but we worked for twenty five years to to get to that income level. Plus, there were times where we would have to sit out or we were fired or let go in other markets. And so you'd live off your savings for nine months to a year trying to get another job in another city. And the expense of moving to another city and resetting was very expensive. And then also, you lost your home and lots of belongings. And we kind of poo-poo that and we shouldn't because of uh, Hurricane Katrina. What did you learn in Hurricane Katrina? Because... You and I have worked real hard during this pandemic to not bring up Hurricane Katrina. Uh, do you think Hurricane Katrina prepared you for what's happening uh, right now in 2020 and, and what happened with your terrestrial radio job? Because here you are, within two years' time, you're back making a six-figure income, and it's pretty close to what you used to make on, on terrestrial radio. And you, you did that. You made that happen, Ron. Um, yes, it did. I don't think you can do an event like that and have it not inform your life. But the the just as off the top of my head as we're talking here, the thing that it taught me, Katrina, was to attach value to the correct things. 
And so before Katrina, and, and you remember this, like I had this really big guitar collection that I was very proud of and had some rare guitars that one of a kind type of guitars that were worth a lot of money. And that was my, you know, when people come over to the house, they'd be like, oh my God, tell them what's going on. There, there was like this wall of fame of, of guitars and I would value that in a sense of like, look, look at this status symbol. Like here's a Kurt Cobain limited edition Jagstang. That's number, you know, 99 of the, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, and I could go through and tell you all the details about all these, these custom guitars and things. And so after that, I don't value that in the same way anymore because that didn't, that wasn't for me. Uh, it didn't really get me closer to who I wanted to become. So I still have some guitars and you were just up at my tiny house. I bought two, they're like $200 guitars. And when it came time to play around the campfire, if you had dropped that on the ground, I wouldn't have freaked out because it's not a $3,000 Martin. It's a $250 guitar and it plays fine. It's a campfire guitar. Played great. Every John Sen, uh, Denver song I knew came pouring out of me. Of so, course. Yeah. It's, a, it's about the experience of having fun. Uh, so, like, that's what I mean by, like, what value the things that have value. And don't, not that you don't want those other things, but just place your value in the correct hmm. deal. And I had overvalued objects, and I had overvalued um some sort of status oriented things before Katrina and sort of had this, not a hoarder, but like a collector of, I felt like if I collected fine objects with the tasteful objects that somehow that made me a fine and tasteful human being. And so when all those are taken away, you have to reset that. And I think that sometimes that still rears its head, but I think I reset that. Yeah. Are you, are final question here? And then we'll go to the next segment. Are you out of this storm? The pandemic storm? No, just the, just the storm that happened two years ago when you had to recreate your life, where you had to put everything on the table, and then the pandemic hit in the midst of all of it. No, I don't think I am uh, because you go through the stage. I don't know if you're familiar with the adult learning model. You start off and you don't know what you don't know. And so then the, the first step is realizing the things that you don't know. And then you're, you go from being unconsciously incompetent to consciously incompetent. And then you go from that to being where you have to think through it all the time. And so the goal is to get to unconscious competence, which means you're just, you know what to do in any situation. So I feel like I've moved one square over. I've gone from, unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence and not that I'm saying incompetent, but like you, I still have to think through the process ever. It's not automatic yet in radio. Most of the scenarios were automatic. Like if you told me, Hey, um, this, the space needle just got struck by an asteroid. I need a piece of sound in 10 minutes. I knew what to do. I didn't have to ask anybody, I didn't need to go, oh, my God, what do we do? It's muscle memory because you right. did it for decades. I, I yeah. just knew I was competent. And so uh, there are still areas of my life now where I feel like, wait a second, what do I, what do, I do when this happens? 
uh, and just need to, but I figure it out and I do it to a high level. Um, but it's not like automatic yet. So I don't feel like I'm through the storm yet. Yeah. We come back. Let's talk specifically. Cause I, cause I think in that first year after losing our jobs at Cairo and our contracts not being renewed and being on, t- we had some of the greatest ratings we've ever had. Uh, you had some of the greatest ratings you've ever had. And then we kind of got through that and then boom, the pandemic hits. And uh, so I want to talk to Ron specifically about that on the other side of this. I don't think we'd have this house if, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. If you find yourself dreaming about a new home, go from just a dream to the dream team. Schedule your time at ronanddonsitdown.com. This house popped up. As soon as we saw it, Ron and Don were here. (laughs) Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. There were houses we were interested in. They would go and preview them if we wanted. One time Ron went and then FaceTimed us as he walked through several houses for us so that we wouldn't have to come over and waste the trip. I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what I was looking for, and I don't think we would have like found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I was just um, so impressed with their professionalism, their competence, their responsiveness, their respectfulness of our process. Run uh, basically did a check for the areas that I said I was interested in buying. He gave us a whole list of uh, properties that were available. He came with us Sunday morning and we looked at probably five different places. It was a very smooth process. I think that they definitely brought their heart and soul. They did a great job. The market was super hot. We were just such beginners that we didn't know that we would be able to compete. We got so lucky. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, episode 201 rolls on of the Ron and Don Show. You just heard from some of our clients in 2020, so appreciative for them. And uh, people we sit down with don't always become clients, but I'd say about 100% of the time they become friends. Uh, so reach out to us, ronanddonsitdown.com. You can jump on our calendar. Uh, if you would like to subscribe to the newsletter, that's a great way to stay in touch. Absolutely. So at ronanddonsitdown.com as well, there's a place for you to subscribe. You can subscribe to the newsletter. Yeah. Right what do people want the Ron and Don playbook? Because they think, hey, I'm going to buy, I'm going to sell 2021, or at least I'm thinking about it. What are some of the questions I should be asking before I sit down with you guys? Yeah, just email me, ron at windermere.com. We'll include the property address. We can do a little homework, and I'll send out that uh, guide to you right away, the playbook. Yeah. So we're talking a little bit. I'm interviewing uh, Ron. I have a couple more questions for him. And so far, you guys, I'm learning a lot, and and I hope you're learning a lot, too. And I hope you feel encouraged by this. We talked a little bit about our, our first year of trying to th- figure out things in the real estate landscape, going, getting our license together, uh, creating this partnership, this team, and really in the second year of doing real estate together. Uh, and we're not even, we're kind of a year and a half in. It has just really taken off. We've both found out that we really love it and that we're really good at it. In fact, uh, Ron's been buying home for years, buying, selling, flipping, uh, He's pretty smart when it comes to all this stuff. Let's talk about the pandemic. What do you miss the most? 
Who do you miss the most? Hmm. Um, the pandemic is a curse word. Pandemic has been a bitch this year. <laughs> like to me, I, I miss, uh, all, all of it. Like uh, the thing that I miss the most is the illusion of options. And what I mean by that is, and I never really had thought about it in this way, but on any given day, uh, when you live, like one of the reasons you live in Seattle and you put up with a lot of the, the weird politics and all the other shortcomings that the city has, one of the reasons you live here is on any given day, there's so many options. So you could go to the mountains, you can go on the water, you could um, go to a concert, you could go to a fine dining restaurant, you could go to a, a cheap eats restaurant, you could meet your friend at a casino, you could meet your friend at the waterfront, you could ride a Ferris wheel, you could go in the Space Needle, I go on whatever the list is in your mind, all of those things were available all the time. And um, not that you would ever, not that I go to Canlis every week, but I could, like the knowing that it was there and that you would drive by it and you'd see other people going in and having a, you know, a special occasion. You're like I've been there and I know what that's like and good for them. And so there was this ambient um, feeling of options. And it's like, not that I'd go to the Seattle art museum every week, but I knew that I could. And there were some weeks where I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to the museum today. And then hop on the bus, you go down there and you look at like there was an exhibit that you wanted to see and you'd go to the museum so you had this rich uh, tapestry of what a world-class city can offer um, to where there was new and exciting things that you could do with different people. And so maybe you had a friend that loved art. You do the art thing with them. You had a friend that liked to play poker. You go out with that friend to play poker. You have a friend that liked to snowboard. You'd go snowboarding with your, like you, you get what I'm saying. And then when all that was taken away, um, that made me angry and anxious because the feeling of having the options were gone. And so I don't know if, let's say I stayed home on a Saturday pre-pandemic. It felt different than after the pandemic, because even though I didn't go out on that Saturday, I could have gone out on that Saturday. <laughs> Does that make sense? Totally. And there were those days where you're like, it's 7 p.m. on a summer night. And it's like, hey, dude, we're going to meet up at Embar. Come, come meet us. And you, it doesn't happen every week, but there were those times. Or, hey, there was a, a thing before the pandemic. You're like, meet me uh, down on the dock. We're going to go for a quick boat ride uh, with with uh, your friend Laura. It's like, sweet. Like, I wasn't doing anything. I went and grabbed a pair of shorts, went down to the dock, and we went for a boat ride. So, like, that was available, and those experiences add the texture to your life. And so when that was taken away and like literally everything had to be scheduled or you had to check and see if it was open or if you were allowed to do that, uh, the freedom of movement that made me very angry and frustrated and depressed and, uh, all of those things. And then, uh, yeah, so that was, that was the hardest thing. Yeah. Who do you miss the most? Um, I think people in the abstract, hmm. like I now have a greater appreciation for all the interactions, the, 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 all the interactions you have in a given day 
that you took for granted and thought were relatively insignificant. So you'd run, like I just, before we recorded here today, I went by our office um, to pick up a piece of mail and a folder and I walked through that building and no one is there. And I, you take for granted. And even back at the radio station, one of the things I love the most is like my cubicle or my little desk farm, like Tom Tangney sat diagonal for me. So I could go, Hey Tom, did you see Queens Gambit? Oh yeah, I did. What'd you think about this? Or I could say, did you read this book or did you? So we would talk, Rachel Bell sat directly across me, Rachel Bell. Hey, dude, you know, I went and ate this thing the other day. It was amazing. And then we would talk. And so you just had these in, in, you know, Brock Heward walk down the hall and you say, Hey Brock, I saw you on, on, uh, you know, doing the NFL game of the week, man. Great job. And what did you think of this? Mm. Or, Hey, I saw that your nephew just signed up with the Huskies and you could talk about those things with people. And we had the same thing at our office where it's like, Hey, so-and-so I saw you did the thing with the deal. And so all of those interactions, again, um, I had taken for granted in the same way that the previous answer was you took for granted. And those, I, what I realized is those things, I get energy from those. I get motivation from those. I learn. Uh, and because like you, I'm, I'm a curious person and I ask good questions most of the time to get good answers. So you're not just saying, how was the weather? What'd you do this weekend? You ask a specific question to learn something. And so that that's, I, I, I miss people, but more specifically, like, you know, being able to go on a trip with my brother or whatever, like those sort of things, obviously. Yeah. Y you and I are both on a similar quest. Uh, and the thing that I'm proud of, most proud of about you and I've learned from you is that you can feel your feelings and you do a really good job of we all blame people and we blame others, but you always come back to seeing your part in it. Like you and I got in a little tiff yesterday and then we jumped on a call this morning and, and, and you said, Hey, this is my part. This, this is my part in this and I'm sorry for my part. And, and then, and then we talked that out. Uh, and I'm trying to do that. Like, like you're a North star for me, uh, in that area of your life. And then, and then we, we have tried to take really difficult things, whether it be the death of my sister, who was one of your best friends and who is my baby sister, uh, whether it be losing our jobs multiple times and not knowing where we we're going to go or where we we're going to move, uh, next having things go sideways with business partners having to reinvent ourselves and yourself uh, after 50 years of life. Watching our parents grow older. As right now, you're as far away from your parents in the States as you can be. They're, they're in Florida. You're up here in Seattle. You, you have really done some work on making sure that, hey, what is my part? I'm not going to blame someone. At the same time, I'm going to acknowledge my feelings if this made me pissed or mad or whatever. So I'm not going to deny that I'm feeling anger because those are all real emotions. But, but how have you gotten better? How, when, you, when you look back over the last two years, and, and really even when this pandemic started in March, how, how has this helped you? Hmm. How, is this, how has this made you better when you look in the mirror and say, you know what, I got, I got in, in, in spite of all this BS... I got better. 
Um, that's an interesting question. Good question, Don. Um, <laughs> I think I should have a podcast. You should have a podcast. <laughs> uh, because I, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. So lately I've been thinking that I, I haven't done that very well, but in reality I, I have, um, I think I've gotten better at like iterating, meaning that I think the much more immature version of myself would um, start something. And then if it wasn't working, just discard the whole thing and start the next thing and then go along with that and then discard the whole thing if it wasn't working. And so now I think I'm a little bit better at starting version a and realizing this is not going to be the finished thing. Like I'm doing version 1.0 right now. And then you get to a point and don't take it personal and go, okay, that and that are kind of working. These other things are garbage. So I'm just going to throw those away. And then I'm not going to throw everything away, just the garbage parts. And then I'm going to replace those. And so it's a, I, I see it more as a series of refinements now than in, in the past where I, I think I had more of a hair trigger on just like blowing something up. Um, so that is something I've learned. And then the other thing, uh, one of the many things that I've learned is that, um, there's a cumulative quality to life that if you're paying attention is valuable. And so like going sort of back to segment one, I tried to like frame up, like, what is my skill? If I don't do radio, what is my skill set? Like, cause I don't have a college degree. I almost have a college degree, but I don't have a four year degree. I have a two year degree. Um, so like if I was going to put on a resume, what is my skill set? Uh, I don't know. How do you define that? And so what I found though, is when you get into something like this real estate profession, like I've always, I've put in a tremendous amount of hours on computers over the years. And so my aptitude for learning a new piece of software and learning what this program, what they're, the way they're trying to get you to do it. Mm -hmm. um, just because I've done that for years and years and years with software, I was able to pick that up quickly. Mm. Um, and it's not because I'm smarter than the next guy or whatever. It's just that I've paid attention. A human being wrote this piece of software. They want it to go a certain way. I need to do it their way or else it's going to be miserable. So what do they want? What are they looking for? And so once you, um, like that's a skill that really came in handy of going, okay, like this transaction software is crap, but it's the one that we have to use. And so what did this, what did they, how do they want it to work? And so you unlock that and now you can do it. And even though there's features that still bother me, I get it. Uh, whereas for other people, and I've seen them all the time, they just don't have a window into that world. Like they have not put in the hours to where it makes sense to them. Uh, they haven't gone through a bunch of different crappy pieces of software in their life to go, oh, this is just not designed well. Like it's not me. Like it's just a crappy piece of software, but it's the one I got to use. Um, so like that is something that I've learned as well is that this uh, amorphous bag of skills can be deployed mm. um, to attack problems. Uh, and then the other thing, finally, and then I'll, I'll quit droning on, is, and this I think is important for everyone, the thing that comes easy to you 
doesn't mean it's not valuable. And so there are things for me that are easy. And um, there's a temptation to discount those and say, oh, that's super easy. Like I can, I can do that all day long. Like the fact that it's easy for you doesn't mean it's not valuable to other people. And so, for example, when we sit down uh, for a sit down many times, there will be this convoluted, complicated life situation uh, that is causing a lot of anxiety and stress and friction in a family about their piece of real estate and what's happening. For whatever reason, and, and you've seen this, the way my brain works, is I can just go, there's three lanes here. Lane one, lane two, lane three. You guys choose, and that's that's going to be where we go. And many times this year, um, people would remark of just how how crazy it was that I could deduce that that quickly. And so I don't know what that um, is, but it's very easy for me. And I don't know if you've noticed that or whatever, or if your brain works in the same way, but typically I can just see the pathways very early and articulate those in a way that makes sense. And it simplifies everything. It turns down the volume knobs on anxiety and anger and friction to where they just go, oh, well, I guess when you say it that way, there is three paths. And um, that's easy for me, but it's very valuable. So I do a follow-up question for Ron. And then, uh, and then my final question. From all that, personally, professionally, in 30 seconds, what the, what's the greatest piece of advice from all this uh, that you could give someone that is entering this storm right now? What's the thing that you could do every day, all day, and you enjoy it? Because if I have a few more seconds left, a lot of times we think, oh, well, I have to do that thing. And even though I don't enjoy it, it's not that fun. Um, I, can, I can do that. And that's not the thing. The thing is like, what can I do every day? And at the end of that day, I would be like, that was, that was pretty fun. I got a good time with it. Like your friend and my friend, Dave, that's a builder. That dude can just build all day. And he, like 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, get up on a Saturday, do 10 hours that day again. And I'm always like, man, I like this stuff, but you just have a different gear. Like he just, he does it. It gives him energy. It scratches that itch. He likes to create and just, he can go all day. And so, whereas I can do that for four or five hours, but then I want a day off. Like, I don't want to do it two days in a row. Like, maybe I can come back the third day. He can do it all day, every day, and, like, identify what that thing is. Like, if you like grinding in front of a, a computer and programming, then that's your thing. I like to coin phrases, uh, and I do it so I can remember it in my own brain, in my own soul, in my own heart. I've been saying something to myself and then sharing this uh, in some of our sit-downs, on our podcast, some of the things I write, that we're going to have a lot of fun in 2021. Also, we're going to get some things done 2021. 2021, what are you going to get done and what's going to be fun? For Ron Upshaw, we'll talk about that on the other side of this.
If you have a friend that is ready to start their real estate journey, send them to ronanddunnsitdown.com. All right, you guys, we're back in the uh, Les Schwab Studios, our final segment. And uh, don't forget, if you need to reach out to us, uh, go to ronanddunnsitdown.com. And uh, let's get ready for 2021. Having fun, getting things done. Uh, What is 2021 look like for Ron Upshaw? Because I know you're not falling into the year reflexively. I know that you've been making big plans. Uh, You and I have been working on our business model, our business plan. Uh, But what about setting the business aside? What about just the person, the human? Uh, What's he going to get done and what's he going to do and have some fun? Uh, hopefully as this pandemic, uh, subsides. Um, that is another good question. And it just reminds me to have fun. Um, I sometimes I'm not a fun person and I can be very serious and get up in my head. And so reminding myself to have fun is one of the biggest things. Uh, and giving myself permission to have fun. Like mm. I'm one of those people that's like, well, you didn't do this, this, and this. So you don't deserve to have any fun. Um, so one of those, honestly, is like I, I did gain the, the COVID-19 like a lot of people. Mm. So like I'm, tr- I'm turning that boat around and I know what I need to do and I just need to implement that and, and do it. Uh, and then the second thing is, um, and I'm actually – going to be spending the holidays with my brother. We're going to replan our Italy trip. Um, you and you and him went to Europe for the very first time together. And so I think you guys shared that experience. Uh, we went to England and then we went to France. Um, and so it was a joy to watch both of you like, holy crap, that's the Eiffel Tower. We're eating a croissant at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower. This is amazing. So we're going to do that for Italy. And his wife has never been to Europe either. Uh, a lifelong teacher. And so they just never had the resources to do that. So it's going to be me, him and her, uh, and possibly their daughter. We're going to see about that. Uh, go. So we're going to replan Italy. And so we had the whole thing, like I had the plane tickets were booked. We were um, investigating, you know, I had Airbnbs that we were staying at, itineraries, train tickets, all that stuff was um, almost done for 2020. And that all had to be canceled. Um, and then the other thing for fun is I'm not going to let you not do my 51st birthday and replace with my 50th birthday. <laughs> so that's going to be back on the docket. All right. Uh, and then I, I also just the, f- f- hopefully an increase of freedom. So to be able to go on a date to a restaurant and not, you know, just things of that nature where you're able to do that. And then finally, like I'm, I've got a couple big projects left at the tiny house, um, and you saw what kind of fun it is to have that there, but like, I have to get the water system hooked up and the deck built. And so like once those two big projects are, are completed, like it'll be a pretty turnkey to go up and have a little escape pod. Yeah. That's awesome. I might enjoy this podcast the most, uh, this year. Other than maybe uh, sharing about my son in Hawaii in February, swimming with the turtles. He didn't mean to go see the turtles swimming. He meant to go swim with them, and I wasn't sure he could swim. So that would be coming up in our best of. Um, and also uh, coming up on our next podcast, on 202, I guess you're going to... I will be asking you the tough questions. You're going to ask me some tough questions. So anyway, I don't think those are too tough. I appreciate you sharing from your heart. 
you're a hard, hard wrought human. Uh, in a lot of ways, uh, you've been a North star and a friend to me. Very, very, uh, appreciative of you, Ron. And, uh, going through this life with you, the death of my sister, uh, battling on the radio, raising $12 million together for things we love and care about. And, uh, and here we are on a podcast together and, and now learning a new business and finding out we're pretty effing good at it. And then being able together to reconnect with listeners and see them face to face, people we would have never met if it wasn't for them becoming our clients. So it's been a beautiful thing. And I always appreciate your honesty. Uh, and I appreciate your hard wrought life. So thanks for sharing. Well, thanks for saying that. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you need to get in touch with us, it's a hard rot life. <laughs> Just go to Ronadon, uh, sit down.com. A few more episodes this year. And then uh, we have to get ready for a happy new year, you guys. And I think there's going to be a lot of happiness in the new year. He's Ron. I'm Don. Here's my son to remind you. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time for episode 202 only of the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. Ha, 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 ha!